So we're Second Corinthians chapter six tonight. So Jeff had us in Second Corinthians six this morning, or not six? He had us in chapter twelve, but he had us in Second Corinthians. So um, I think I'm not sure. Oh, this was for Jeff. I printed off. I never gave it to him. It didn't help. All right. So tonight we're talking about the credible Christian ambassador. And this is a part of the Credible Christian Life Sermon Series here at Heartland Baptist. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're with us tonight. And uh, we're making our way through the book of 2 Corinthians, studying the theme of the Credible Christian Life. Last week, uh, we left off briefly touching on our new vocation as ministers of the reconciliation and, and ambassadors for Christ. And uh, when we got saved, if you are saved, you are saved for the purpose that is greater than you and probably greater than you realize. And I don't know that you ever fully grasp the magnitude of salvation Probably will be an eternity when we really look back and say, wow, that was incredible. Uh, we're, but we're saved for the purpose uh, of being ambassadors for Christ. But sadly, many modern Christians never grow to the place that they understand how uh, they accomplish God's mission for their lives. So others search to fill up the voids in their life that only Christ can, can fill. So we get, you know, we fill up with the wrong thing instead of the Spirit. HBF is a church family, is an army, uh, and it's also a greenhouse. And that was very evident yesterday uh, at the... At the uh, uh, at the harvest party, I tell you, the church really was was like real soldiers out there in that in that cold weather and getting the job done for Jesus' glory. And it very, I can't say enough about that. <clears throat> and so uh, we need to be in a place where we can grow, so we can develop our spiritual gifts in a in a safe environment, which is like a greenhouse, right? Before you put a tree uh, out in the wild, uh, it's good to put it in the greenhouse. It'll give it a head start. And, uh, and it helps it uh, if it's in a good environment. So as you grow, God will stretch some of, uh, some of us as we, and even further than we can ever imagine. And so we saw even tonight where he was teaching us, uh, or he's teaching us all right, but he's leading us in song, which isn't something that he was planning on. But God's stretching Ray, and I uh, appreciate that, Ray, stepping up and doing that. So now that, you're, that we're saved, and we know that uh, someday... We're going to have an extreme makeover. We talked about that, that God wants us to understand that he's left us here to do something. And, uh, and so why are we still here, right? If he's left us here, someday he's going to make us over. Well, we, we're here for a reason. So, um, and so what we've got to do uh, is meet the job requirements. And today I'm going to lay out uh, that. Uh, and it should force us to make some decisions. And who wants that? But, well, that's what we're doing. Uh, you know, all good preaching should bring us to a point of decision. So tonight we might have several points of decision. Um, some others, you know what, uh, we don't. We just need to be deeper. We know what to do. We know what our job description is, but we need a deeper level of consecration uh, so we can influence uh, this, uh, others in our sphere of influence. And others need to be encouraged and refreshed so we can continue to faithfully reproduce the image of Christ and those that God has called us to minister. So we have different levels of, of maturation in our church body at all times if we're healthy. And so um, how many of you have needed a job before? Anyone ever looking for a job? You needed a job? Have you always had a job? No, you've needed a job. Have you ever? It's been a long time since I've looked for a job. Like when I was, it was probably high school when I first ever looked for a job. But I still remember what it's like. It's kind of exciting, you know, to go out. And I've also switched jobs, right? Uh, a few times so in that job hunt it's kind of exciting when you um, you know you're in the process and it's kind of scary all at the same time and because there's all these unknowns anything at least for me that's unknown is a little scary but it's also a little exhilarating 
But then you realize once you've been selected for the job from a host of applicants, now it's like, oh, man, i got to live up to the expectation of my resume. <laughs> so, um, And the scary part is not saying, you know, what you can do, but performing what you said you can do on your resume. And uh, I can remember, uh, especially one job I had in particular, which was my job at the Fagan Company, uh, I stepped into that job, and man, oh, man, did I realize once I got started, this was like way over my head. I'm like, whoa. That's sort of like being a pastor. So uh, you're like, whoa, what am I going to do? So, um, you, you know, well, what you experience, um, uh, you know, in previous jobs always prepares you for the next one. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you say you're qualified to do something, but you don't know you're qualified till you do it. And so um, <clears throat> will we be experienced enough in our level of performance adequate? Um, you know, those are the questions that we wonder. Do I have what it takes? And uh, those are same. Those are the same issues we face. Uh, we, I'm sorry, not face. Those are the same issues that we face when we're called to maintain our Christian credibility. You know, am I really everything that's been written about me? Am I a Christian? And what that means biblically, not just in our contemporary culture. Well, the good news is we got the job. If you're born again, you got the job, <clears throat> and you're on the clock. We have a job description, and we also have our performance factors. So if you've ever had to manage people you know those are things that you check back on to do job reviews and so on and so forth so let's talk about getting the job we have the job that's the first point on the outline we have the job and what is the job well i'm glad you asked it says we then as workers together with him beseech you that you receive not the grace of god in vain heavenly fathers we look into your word tonight i pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word i pray god that you would bless us as we study your word that you would be encouraged in our um uh in our uh not just the hearing, but the doing of what is said. Help us to take the word seriously tonight. I know there's a handful of us, but Lord, with you, uh, you don't need a lot of people. Lord, all you need is a handful of people that are really consecrated, uh, who are really dependent upon you to turn the world upside down. And so, Father, may we be those people. Lord, we, we are raising our hand tonight in this small meeting, understanding and under, that we are small, but you are great, and we want to magnify and glorify you. I want to thank you for Juju in the booth tonight. I want to thank you for... Ray and up here singing tonight. I want to thank you for Ron, who's so faithful, who can't be here tonight because of COVID. And uh, I want to pray, God, for him. And thank you for his faithfulness and steadfastness. And Jamie as well. Thank you for Sharon. And, and uh, thank you for Jeff. Thank you for the pastors that were here earlier tonight. We pray a blessing now on the reading and the hearing of your word. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we have the job. And point A, our job is to be ministers of reconciliation. You probably could have guessed that. And all we've got to do to find that out is go back to the previous pages, which is the job description. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Okay, we get that, although that's a lot. Um, then he says, and all things are of God, who hath uh, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so that's what we do. To wit, what's that mean? That God would, uh, was in Christ reconciling the world, world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we've got the ministry uh, of reconciliation and we have the word of reconciliation. So we're new creatures according to 517. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. There's no conditions on that, praise God. So there's nothing keeping you from being a new creature. If you've called out on the name of the Lord, you're a new creature. No matter how you feel about it, that's what the Bible says. And we have a new ministry. Um, and that ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. 
He's given that to us by God. God has given us that ministry. So it's not something I've bequeathed to anybody or somebody else. It's not your disciples' job to bequeath upon you the ministry of reconciliation. That comes with your new birth. You become a minister of reconciliation. So you're a new creature. You have a new ministry. And then you have a new commitment in verse 19. Uh, God has committed unto us his word and expects us to obey it as Jesus, the Son of God, did. And we now have the word of reconciliation so you've got a tool in your toolbox if you're a carpenter you need a hammer and god's giving you the hammer or a saw god's giving you the saw right uh, whatever it is the tool in the toolbox is the word of god so uh, and then fourthly we have a new vocation a new creature new ministry new commitment and a new vocation second corinthians five twenty, uh, he says there now then we are ambassadors for Christ, for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, uh, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. So now that, that we are, and not will be, but are right now ambassadors for Christ, um, we're here instead of Christ representing the grace of God to a lost and dying world. So our job title is ambassador for Christ, and our job description is minister of reconciliation. So that's pretty simple. We got the job. There you go. That's all you need to know. Uh, you got your job. You're a minister of reconciliation. Um, that's your and your description. That's your description. And your job title is ambassador for Christ. What's an ambassador for Christ do? They reconcile. That's what they do, and they got the word of reconciliation to do that. All right. So point B, um, we must work well with other with our co-laborers. Uh, and see in verse one here, he says, "We then, as workers together, not just workers, but workers together, with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain." So we have to work together. It's impossible to bring souls into the kingdom of God if its representatives are not unified. So unity is a big deal. God hates, uh, and, uh, he, which is an abomination, those who sow discord among the brethren. So in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16, the Bible says, These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And you guys have heard this. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. And so number seven is discord, right? And so uh, God does not like that. So our ability to be workers together with him is critical to our mission of taking the gospel to the entire world. So if we're not working together with God, we're not really going to get anything done. If we're not working together with one another, we're not going to get anything done. So this unity between with God and one another, which I'm preaching on Ephesians, is so important. So we've got to remember that the great commandment uh, is that we, and we talked about this last week, um, uh, if we don't love God and our neighbor, we're, we're not going to have the, the chemistry necessary uh, to be uh, uh, bring people together. We're going to end up tearing people apart. So we've got to make sure God's our priority, and then we've got to make sure that we love others. So any endeavoring to be successful must, uh, must be unified. I just preached on this a few weeks ago. So the sports teams, right, you can, you can have all the stars and talent in the world, um, but you know what, you can still get beat. And, uh, and, so, uh, and, and so it doesn't really, it doesn't, you always want the underdog. I wanted the Heat to win this year in the, in the, in the uh, basketball tournament. Uh, in the labor force, any good superintendent knows it's not only how much manpower you put on the job but how well the manpower works together right so you can have all the manpower you want but if they don't work well together you're going to have problems and you can have two crews doing the exact same thing under the exact same circumstances and one will be on time and under budget and the best quality 
is the and have the best quality and that's going to be the crew that's unified in their approach to construction right they know how to line out a job and how to accomplish it and they work together well that's going to be more efficient and it's going to be more fruitful in business the same principle applies in business without teamwork uh, you know a lot of times when you look up teamwork on the internet for images it's usually business guys and suits and all these images because in the business world they know intuitively that teamwork is so important there's images all over the internet about that and uh, and so a lot of the sales and accounting and all those things don't work together if people don't work as a team and then in family of course which is most important a man who does not provide uh, his family with focus and purpose greater than themselves will eventually be singing you know the old cats in the cradle song and so forth, so on and so forth i forgot how that who who sings that cats in the cat stevens that's what i thought no well it's superfluous to the message, but I just was wondering. So, but is he? Well, it's the, the, no wonder. But anyway, so the, that that song you guys know. So next thing you know, you you've missed out on the kids. So I took us off track. So point C: God desires a return on His investment, and uh, we then uh, then He says in verse one in chapter six, as workers together with Him beseech you, which remember is not. I always correct our discipleship lesson, our old, it's right now in our new lessons, the old discipleship lesson says it's a command. A beseeching is not a command, it is a strong encouragement, right? It's almost like a command, but it's not a command, because if it's a command, you're not beseeching, you're commanding. A beseeching is like, boy, I really, 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 really cannot stress how important it is for you to do this. I beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So God expects his ambassadors to uh, produce results, God wants a return on his investment, right? Our, that's really important nowadays, ROI. Uh, God expects his ambassadors to produce results. In Ephesians 2.10, the Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God wants to get something out of us, out of his investment. Colossians 1.10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So it's not just Ephesians 2.10. Colossians 1.10 tells us that salvation, you don't get saved by works, but you get saved to work, right? Once you are saved, once you've received the grace of God, he gives you an, an aptitude to do something that's profitable for the kingdom of God. So we are not saved uh, by good works, but under good works. And we have a job to fulfill, a job to accomplish. And we often miss this in uh, the post-Christian America because we really believe that everything is about us. And, of course, you guys know in this room it's not. So how do you think God feels about uh, the sacrifice of his only begotten son? You know, that's quite an investment. Um, and that speaks of the value he places on man's corrupt soul and his desire to reconcile us. And so he sent Jesus as his ambassador, and uh, he was not received well. As a matter of fact, in the Gospels, he even talks about how uh, the king, in a parable, he sent his son, right? And then they, he said, oh, surely I'll send my son. And he'll get more respect, and of course they didn't. And of course that's a very much what happened to Jesus. Uh, he was rejected. And so, you know, uh, God surely can't feel well about the fact that we receive the gift of, of eternal life, yet deny him as our Lord and Savior by refusing to show up for work. I mean, what kind of deal is that? I hired a guy one time like that. It's a guy I respected. I uh, knew him in the business that we were in when, in a younger day, but he was on meth, right? I was going on what I thought he was. I thought, man, this guy is incredible, which he was incredible at his job uh, if he wasn't on meth. But you know what? I hired him, and he never showed up to work. 
and he's telling me his mom, how many times did your mom die? I mean, you only have one mom. So, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's sad because I, this, I, had, I valued this guy. I looked up to him. As a matter of fact, I was so happy to get a hold of him. I thought, oh, man, we're, going, we're really going to be good now. We've got this guy on our team. Problem is our guy never showed up on the team because he was doing something he shouldn't have been. And so, uh, you know, when you think about that, God invests in us. And he, he, now, obviously, we don't work to be saved, but he puts an investment in us because, well, he would like to see a return on the investment. He doesn't need us, but he does want us. And so um, do you think that the parents of loved ones, of, uh, of uh, those that have died in wars overseas, appreciate it? Um, if we'd like absolved and, and exonerated our enemies, said, oh, that's okay, don't sweat it. You send your son off to die in Vietnam, but you say, oh, that's okay, we don't mind. Or you send him to die in Iraq, but oh, that's okay, Saddam Hussein's fine, right? Oh, Taliban, no problem. I mean, when you give your son and you sacrifice your child for a cause, you expect that, you expect the cause to get done. You know, you expect that to be seen through. That's a huge sacrifice. And so... Uh, don't you think those who suffered from the sacrifice of their loved ones would consider uh, it a desecration to that sacrifice made if, if the government just simply says, oh, you know what, we really didn't mean it. It's okay. Right? You, you, have to, you have to honor, you know, again, you can go back to the Civil War. That's a, that was a brilliant, brilliant, the, the Gettysburg Address. There's a reason we're still repeating it, you know, <laughs> years later, because uh, that's exactly what, that's exactly what, Abraham Lincoln said, uh, as a head of state, there is nothing, I'm paraphrasing, there's nothing that we can do to, to adequately consecrate uh, this battlefield because the blood of those who died has done such a terrific job on both sides. I mean, he exonerates the sacrifice of the dead above the living and, and really, or not exonerates, but he exalts it and says, look, the sacrifice that's made here is so high that anything I do or say here is going to be of little note and will be remembered. But it's the men that died here I'm, uh, that really matter, and uh, man, that is that was a wonderful statement because it's true, right? A life life is so important, and uh, when you think about God giving His Son, God can't feel good when we just want to be liberated. He liberates us from sin to serve Him, but then we don't want to show up for work. You know what a what crazy! He makes us in His image and His likeness, and we're a new creature in Christ Jesus, so we can go to work finally. And then we don't want to show up when we go back to the weak and beggarly elements of the world. What a sad situation. So that's how God feels when we've received that uh, grace. And then we just walk away. Uh, not that we're not saved, but we're not of any use in his service. So how much reconciliation ministry is God putting, getting, I'm sorry, from me uh, as his ambassador? And you can put your name in that spot too. How much, how much reconciling is God getting out of my life? How many people are coming into the kingdom of God? That's my job. Right, And my tool is the word of reconciliation. What is he getting out of the investment that he's given? Sometimes it, it seems that some brothers and sisters have mistaken the ministry of reconciliation for the ministry of destruction. You know, it's a tear-down ministry. And so you, and there's some tearing down sometimes, by the way, to rebuild, so I'm not against that. But you have the ministry of reconciliation in the title of ambassador for a reason because you're doing, you know, what we do... Um, is reconcile people with the word of God. And it's in, and we're in a world that needs to be reconciled. So how are we doing? And are we even trying at all? Right? Are we working with God uh, in the ordained structure of the local New Testament church? Or are we trying to do it all on our own? And uh, there's a lot of parachurch activity today, a lot of cowboys out there today that want to try to do their own thing. But we got to submit to the word of God 
uh, the local church of God and the, and the Holy Ghost of God. And God will take care of us if we submit to that structure. Uh, then he will give you everything that you need to reconcile people to Christ. All right, so um, I can stop here or I can go on. So let me look here before I give you. I'll make a call here. So I don't think I want to go on because I cannot get through everything else. So in the, Or it'll be late. It'll be 7 o'clock. So I guess I'll stop there tonight. So we have the job. That's what you know. Now, next week when we get together, we'll talk about being on the clock. We have the job, but are we? But we're on the clock, and uh, we'll talk about that next time. So uh, that's pretty short. That's what you. That's what you guys want. So we can pray. Yeah, go ahead and turn.